with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Albert Wishart in the host chair. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be chatting with Micheline Spively about her new show over at Studio 28A, as well as Ken Pendergast from Operation Red Nose. But we're going to start by talking about The Grinch with Robin Norman from Nove Voce. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Not too bad in yourself. Great. It's been such a lovely day so far. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't feel right to be talking about The Grinch, does it? Not quite, but it says snow on Thursday, so, okay. so it will feel right then. Yeah. Now, so now again, you guys are doing the Grinch. When and where? The Grinch is on Saturday morning. Um, well, actually, all Saturday. We've got shows at ten a.m., eleven a.m., one p.m., and two p.m. All at the Knox Performing Space. Okay. Now that's a new place, isn't it, for you guys? <clears throat> well, we performed there last year okay. for our Broadway concert. Right. Um. And yeah, it's been a, a church that we've used before, but now that it, they've converted it with the full performance space and all the bells and whistles, we're really excited to be in there and to be using it. So, yeah, because if I remember correctly, last the previous years you were what upstairs at the Civic Center, correct? Yeah, well, up until twenty twenty. Yes. So twenty nineteen was our last year at the Civic Center, right? And. Um, we knew at that point that we had to sort of solve a problem because we were overfilling the space. Mm-hmm. So we had had plans to try and look at something new for the next year and then COVID. So Gave you more time <laughs> to plan. <laughs> we made other plans. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going to Trinity United um, on, on um, Fifth and Union. Right. And so we've done that the last two years. And same thing, we've managed to sort of sell out that space every time. Wow. So what we decided is saying, okay, let's try Knox Performance Space. It's a bigger space. We can open up more tickets. Um, people don't have to feel crowded in there, which is, I think, sort of a, a bit of a hangover from the pandemic because we don't want people to feel like they're jam-packed in somewhere side yeah. by side. So this should feel very nice and spacious and open and hopefully still that same really lovely, intimate feeling that we love so much. Yeah, and of course, it's a show that almost everybody knows anyways. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, we do call it a show, but it's funny because it's really just, what we do is we read The Grinch, and we mm-hmm. read The Grinch to children, and the choir sings songs from The Grinch, so it's a, a feel-good morning, which hopefully everybody does know it, and yeah. yeah. So now, who who is going to be your reader then this year? Our reader is Richard B. Arneson. He is oh. a local lawyer and thespian. You've seen him in lots of shows mm-hmm. like um, Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that with Judy Russell. He is a delightful man. He has we got him to start reading for us because he's actually a father to two previous choral members. Oh. And his girls have graduated and gone on and moved on in the world and we're like, well, we really like Richard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we keep asking him back because he's just lovely and he embodies all like the warm feelings of the Grinch, which I love, so. Yeah, and at this point, does he even need the book, or does he use it just more as um, a prop more than anything else? Because he could probably do it by heart, right? Uh, I've, a little bit of both, I think. I have to say, like, I do all the rehearsals with the choir until Richard comes okay. in. And it surprised me, because I've been doing this for years now, and 
the first time I went to do it, I didn't bother bringing the book. Cause I, I was like, Oops. I know, I can just go. And I was like, I don't remember it. Oh, no. So I think there's always the first time back where you have to remember it, and then you're good to go again. So Yeah. And it is just, it's a one-day event, even though there are four shows. So as soon yeah. as, as soon as that 2 o'clock show is finished, you can put the book away again for 364 days. It goes on to my fireplace mantle, actually. It's, oh. it's the old family book that we used to read all oh, the wow. time. <laughs> and so now, how many people are in the show? How big is the cast? And does that change from year to year? Like, do you adjust, do you adjust the number of people? Um, to a certain extent. Generally, it's mm-hmm. the whole choir. Right. So the number of the choir changes every year based on our auditions. This yeah. year, we have 21 singers. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's a great group of singers, which is really lovely to work with. We've also got two special guests. Um, we started doing this a couple of years ago, bringing in little Cindy Lou Who's. In the past, when we had sort of youngish singers, um, we would always dress them up. But then as some of the members of the choir have grown up, it doesn't always look appropriate. And, yeah. Yeah. So we have two of the most delightful young women. They did it last year for us. One is Mira Yang. The other one is a young woman named Olivia Yu. They are, Mira is eight and Olivia is 12. And they come in and they do the little Cindy Lou Who for us. And they sing Where Are You Christmas? And they're beautiful and sweet. And every year, the first time the choir hears them, they make the choir cry <laughs> because it's so cute. And you're like, aww. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so they join the choir. So all in all, it'll be a cast of 24. Wow. So so do the two who are playing Cindy Lou, do they alternate between the four shows then? Yeah, we always double cast just in case someone feels stressed or tired. It just makes things a little bit better for them. Okay. And is this a show, because you were saying you've got 21 singers now, is that how many you've got in the choir, or was that 21 specifically how many are going to be in the Grinch? Um, oh, actually, you're right. I was going to say it's always the choir, but we're missing one member who is doing another show right now. So oh. um, it'll be 20 members right now. The nerve of them doing another show on Grinch Weekend. I know, heaven forbid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's, I guess the nice thing, though, is you guys have got a choir, but because you've got as many members as you do, if there's one person missing, they're going to be missed, but it's not as if... You've got four people, it's a barbershop quartet or something, and one of those missing. You notice that? Um, yes and no. I think there's, that's actually a common fallacy. We're like, oh, there's enough people one person can just miss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things. The reason I think that nobody has been so successful um, with the various competitions we've done and stuff like that is because we really specifically pick each member for specific reasons. Um, And so, like, going into Grinch this year, I knew that I was missing this one. The one singer that is missing, I knew last year. Okay. And so I voiced everything, and that means, like, who I picked to be in the soprano section, who I picked to be in the middle section, etc., planning for her to be gone. Does that make sense? So, like, I always compensated for her to be missing. Now, I would say they can always adjust if someone gets sick or something bad happens. We try really hard. But ideally, like, every person does feel a part. So Mm -hmm. it's like a a barbershop quartet in the sense that every section is planned with every voice there. Wow. Yeah. So it's a big barbershop quartet is what it comes down to. 
It's a big barbershop quartet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many years has Nove Voce been putting on The Grinch? Since 2010. Wow. And, yeah, we started doing it every two years in the very beginning, and then... After the second time we did it, there was such a demand for it the next year that we decided to put it on. And so since then, it's been going every year. So, now, yeah. When, when you are there on Grinch Day, I'll say, yeah. you look out at the audience, do you recognize some of the same families coming back every year? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We have groups of people who have been hugely dedicated to it. We actually have one chorister in the choir now who I believe is in their third year of university, and she grew up coming to Grinch oh. as a child, and now this is her second year of doing Grinch. So you're like, well, that's full circle. Yes. <laughs> and now, do you, when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're performing, do you sometimes look out and see some of the members of the audience singing along to the songs because they know them? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's the kids, especially, I don't... The, I, they seem to know Mr. Grinch the best mm -hmm. for a lot of them. Yeah. And you'll just see like the kids getting really invested or else they get scared. But yeah. definitely really invested. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is such a fun song, though, isn't it? It is, right? It's one of the favorites every time. Again, but it's, it's also, it's a song that's a bit of a mostful as well, isn't it? It's kind of tricky. The, actually, the hardest one that I still haven't seen many kids, there's one from the original cartoon that we do called Trim Up the Tree. Oh, boy. And it's still the one that every year when we pull it out, we're like, okay, now we're going to work on Trim Up the Tree. Because it's like, flop, 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 flop. Oh. <laughs> there's no blinks and all those things. And it's so fun. But that's what's so great about it. It's the language of Dr. Zeus, yes. right? And it's fun language, and it's got all the alliteration and all the automatopoeia, and it's just so beautifully written, and it's why kids love it. Yeah. And it, it, it's almost, as you were saying, um, you've got Richard reading it, and Nove Voce, of course, singing, and yet either of those alone could probably carry the show, couldn't they? Like, people know the story well enough that, it could just be Nova Voce singing, or it could just be Richard reading. And in either case, people would still enjoy it. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think it's just extra special when you put it together, oh, yeah. of course. So, yeah. So now, the shows are at 10, 11, 1, and 2. So I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess here and say there's a quick lunch break in there as well for the choir <laughs> members. <laughs> yes, they do get to eat. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we let them eat on the day. Each show is about 30 minutes. So okay. what we do is we um, we take everybody through. We've got a few really cute things this year. We've got some coloring sheets that we'll be giving out at the end. Mm -hmm. There's usually like a little bit of a buy donation bake sale right. as people leave if they want to do that. And we've actually got another great thing this year that we're doing with our land acknowledgement where we've got some Indigenous children's books. Okay. And so if people are interested in making a donation for one of those books after the after the concert, all those proceeds will be going to an Indigenous um, Language Conservancy charity. Okay. So, yeah. So, people can kind of come through, and then in one hour, we'll be ready to start the show again. <laughs> now, one thing I haven't asked yet, who is actually playing the Grinch? That is a fabulous singer that we have named Zara Holvik. Ah. Um, Zara's been in the choir since 2006. Um, the thing that I think always makes Sarah so very, very good is Sarah actually has a degree in drama, um, or diploma in drama. Right. 
and then went on to do a master's in English and playwriting from UMBC. Wow. So communication, like especially mute communication, is very hard. Yes. And and she is she has a stellar job of it. And that's one of the things that has made this work. Yeah, because yeah. The, the Grinch is... He, he is obviously the main character. Well, if you don't count Max... Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, do do you do you actually have a real dog for Max, or is we do not? Oh, um, I've always wanted to because I have a dog named Max personally, but we've never trusted no. my Max to actually do what's required. Okay, <laughs> so and to not howl during during a during yeah. a concert. Um, so no, we have a, a fabulous actor who is who does Max as well. Oh, good. Yeah. So. How many of the people in there then? Because I think you were saying the one member has been there almost like she came to the Grinch originally as a, as an audience member and has grown up into it. How many of the members of Nove Voce have been there since 2010? Uh, since 2010. Um, that's one of those questions I should think about for a second. Um, quite a few now. Okay. Uh, yeah, the choir started in 2005. Yes. So then some of the members, like Zara, joined in 2006, and they joined through the years. Um, since 2010, I would say there's about seven members okay. who've been there since 2010 who've been doing this all the time. Yeah, okay. seven-ish. Okay. Um, I feel like I might be adding someone in a year early. They might have joined in, like, 2013. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. Uh, okay, now, Robin, one last question. This is an important one. How can people get tickets? Tickets are available on Eventbrite. Okay. You go to Eventbrite and search Nove Voce, N-O-V-E-V-O-C-E. You will find us, and all the showtimes are there. Perfect. Robin Norman from Nove Voce, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, on this Saturday at the Knox Performance Center. Thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. It's one thing to be in a distressed situation and honestly not know. It's another thing to know and not be honest about it. It's time for you to be honest with God. Dr. Michael Ziegler talks about the errors that led to a tragedy at sea and our need for repentance in a message titled, Before They Call, this week on the Lutheran Hour. Be listening for the Lutheran Hour Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Christmas is a time for smiles. Upgrade your smile with a visit to Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of services, from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building, with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation and get your smile upgraded for Christmas. No referral required. Der Denture Center, in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. Need vehicle repairs? See Big O Tires. Famous for tires, Big O is also a full-service automotive center customers trust for expert service and repair. From brakes to tire changeovers to steering, suspension, and more, Big O Tire treats every vehicle like it's their own. Proudly locally owned and operated for 24 years, Gary and the team of the Big O Tires thank you for your tremendous support and wishes you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Big O Tires, 2000 Victoria Street, Prince George. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today with a 60% chance of light snow this afternoon. Wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 2. Tonight, cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries. A fog passage developing overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light early this evening, a low of minus 4. Cloudy on Wednesday, a 30% chance of flurries in the morning. Wind up to 15K, a high of 2 with a morning wind chill to minus 9. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And a new show opened last week in the feature gallery at Studio 2880. And uh, I've got Micheline Spively, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, Micheline. Oh, you did. Oh, good. Thank you. So the, the, your, your opening for Scattered Views was last week. How did the opening night go? Like, did you have a lot of people out? Were they chatting with you a lot about the uh, works? Uh, it went really well. Um, there was a really nice turnout and uh, got an opportunity to chat with some people about the work and did an artist talk and mm-hmm. discussed uh, the paintings and how they came about. Oh, well. Let's almost do that same artist talk right here and now, then. It's called Scattered Views. Is there a theme to it? Because Scattered Views doesn't really... It's a, it's a nice title. If Don't get me wrong on that, but it doesn't really tell you much about what you're looking at in terms of what to expect. So is there a theme to the works? I'd say Scattered Views, really, the um, what drove that name was the approach to gathering the imagery. Um, I was in a state of, well, recovery uh, from a head injury, and at the time, this was starting about 2021, I was getting out um, and about a lot more with my dogs, just going to different places that are quite close to Mackenzie, mm-hmm. and just gathering imagery. Um, there really was no rhyme or reason. It was... Um, just what appealed to me and why was it that I wanted to paint it, what was appealing at the time. So when the work started being compiled in terms of, okay, what image am I interested in painting, etc., um, they just was really what spoke to me, and it, it, it was just a really scattered approach. And I guess it was how I... I the substrates aren't consistent. There's panels, there's cradled wood panels of different depths, there's canvas. Um, so it was just everything was kind of scattered, and it just seemed to make sense to call it that. So you said you, you went out with your dogs and gathered the images, so I'm guessing you were taking photos of the different places? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Is that, how long have you been painting? I started painting in 2019. Oof. Um, prior to that, though, um, like I do have a fine arts degree from the University of Alberta. Mm-hmm. I studied uh, abstract wood sculpture and life drawing, like in charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would say about somewhere in the early 2000s, I dabbled in painting a bit, but I didn't even come close to what I'm doing now. And it, I don't think I had a very positive experience with it, so I put it off to the side, and I went to jewelry making for a number of years. And then in 2019, I had to pass the time, so I started painting and went, well, give it a shot. You never know. So when when you started the paintings, were those some of the works that are in Scattered Views now, or did you do some other painting before you actually started the works from Scattered Views? I had a few that had already been put together. Mm -hmm. They weren't completed. They had just been started. 
And I think it was based off of those and thinking about a predominantly, well, a lake-themed show, um, even though it's called Scattered Views, wanted to keep it with being uh, lakes around yeah. Mackenzie. Uh, so, yeah, a few of them had already been started, um, but it wasn't until I really dug in deep in earlier this year that it was like, okay, wh- what am I going to put into the show? It wasn't even leading into September. I was still acquiring imagery of <laughs> paintings that ended up in the show. Wow. So th- so how long does it usually take you to do a painting? I'd say it probably takes upwards to two to three months for a smaller one. Mm-hmm. And that's just to give it time for the oil paint to cure before yeah. I work with the next layer. Wow. So with some of the imagery, as you said, in September, that's kind of get pretty close for a show that's opening in November. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, I made sure I put focus on them. Yeah. So now, when you were getting those ones, did were those images that you were looking at specifically because you were kind of looking at what you had and saying, okay, I need something like this to sort of fill this gap, if you will, in the show? I'd say so, mm-hmm. yep. Um, it was in by that point in time, looking at the landscape differently. Mm. Um, we, I mean, Prince George also got inundated with a lot of wildfire smoke. Yes. Um, as did Mackenzie. So that definitely drove, um, I guess, some of the imagery that I chose mm-hmm. to select. Um, just atmospherically, it does something different, and mm. it just creates some different moods and whatnot, and I think it was just speaking to growth as a, as an artist as well, and what is it that I'm interested in painting, so I found that exciting to be pushing it to that extent, instead of working with imagery that was older, mm. to start having, uh, the way I displayed the show was in chronological order of when the imagery was obtained, Okay. and so towards the end, it was more of what am I really looking for here? What's appealing to me? Um, asking myself questions that were different, slightly different, um, differently motivated than back in 2021. So when you set the paintings up at Studio 2880, could you, or I guess you could, but did some of the people you talked to, did they say, yeah, they could definitely see the change from the first ones to the last ones? I wouldn't say so. Oh, no. Okay. No. No. And I think it's because the paintings themselves were all completed in 2023. Uh, okay. So at that yeah. point, stylistically, I'm already on one track. Yeah. And it's really more about what was happening for myself at the time when I was out at those locations. And that kind of just roped in that whole kind of recovery element to it. Just it, it sort of spoke to my own journey that I've taken over the years. So when you were going out to these different locations, was it almost random as to where you went? Or did you sort of grab a map and stick a pin in it and say, that's where we're going today? Uh, I'd <laughs> say mostly no, mm-hmm. but somewhat yes. Um, okay. <laughs> I was I was picking locations that were easy for me to access oh. with my dogs. Right. Something that was physically accessible for me mm-hmm. because back in 2021, 
I just didn't have the same kind of capacity as I do now. So I was looking for easy. And um, what ended up happening was that I was going to these locations, which I hadn't really spent a whole lot of time at. I'm, I'm very much a trail user. Uh-huh. And so I have it like, well, I have spent time by the lakes, not nearly as much. So I rediscover, rediscovered these places and went, wow, like there's some really nice things going on here. So I would revisit them regularly and then eventually just kind of broaden myself out. But eventually, as I gained better physical capacity, I found myself going, okay, I'm just going to take a whim that hopefully today I'll get some good imagery and I'm going to pick this spot. So it just naturally transitioned into something that was more um, natural and Mm -hmm. just see what pops up and what's interesting. Now, were there times that you went to a particular lake and you got some images and then when you were looking at them at home again, you were kind of going, these aren't bad, but I'm wondering what it would look like from that other spot on the lake shore. Oh, yeah. 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 And then yeah. did you usually go back then and get the images from that spot or did you try to imagine what they would look like without going back? Uh, no, I would go and investigate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting a kayak and 2022, and then that helped with investigations. And I'd say Ganahaz Lake, which is just north of Mackenzie, mm-hmm. was a lake that definitely fit, fit the bill of what you're asking yeah. there, where I was, at that point, I was looking for different views. Um, I was pretty much land-based, so I was bushwhacking from the trail to the shoreline, getting out onto trees and looking around mm-hmm. and going, okay, well, what's appealing here? And I was just, no, excuse me, I just wasn't finding anything. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, I've got to change things up here. So I got a kayak, and that really liberated me in terms of getting different views and investigating. And we also, my husband and I, we purchased um, a a small drone that could be flown around and, and just change those perspectives. Okay. Mr. Lee, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about scattered views after nine. Two Rivers Gallery is looking for artists interested in having their work in the gallery shop. Their shop sells beautiful works made by an array of extremely talented and skilled local and regional artists. If you're a potter producing pottery, which would be a good fit, email shop at tworiversgallery.ca. It's an opportunity to get your product in a quality gift shop just in time for Christmas shopping. Open Tuesday through Sunday, the Two Rivers Gallery shop in Canada Games Plaza. Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help Help you grow, train, and sell your business. Kick off the holiday season and support your friends, families, and communities in the North with the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation's 30th Annual Festival of Trees. Take in events such as the MediChair Seniors Brunch, Scotiabank Seniors Tea, and Canadian Tire Fashion Show, to name a few, and tour the trees from Wednesday through Sunday at the Prince George Civic Centre. For details or to purchase tickets, visit spiritofthenorth.ca or call the Foundation office at 250-565-2515. 
It's not too late to get your vehicle winterized. To get it done right, visit Auto Magic on 15th. Tires, coolant, general service, brakes, imported or domestic parts, wheels, shocks, and so much more. Auto Magic is the place to go to keep your vehicle in tip-top shape for the long winter months. Book your appointment with Auto Magic today and get the job done right. Call 250-564-3224. Open Monday through Saturday from 8 to 5. Auto Magic on 15th. Your vehicle will thank you. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Micheline, with the lakes that you were getting from around Mackenzie, would people who know that region recognize a lot of the lakes that you were getting, or were you going for some of the lesser-known ones? Uh, no, I'd say people recognize the locations for mm-hmm. the most part. Yep. Now, when you were out uh, especially when you were out boating, as you were saying, in the kayak, did you ever run into other people on the lakes, or were most of them fairly well deserted whenever you were out there? I'd say it was pretty quiet most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ganahouse Lake can pick up with usage there in the afternoon, but otherwise I was usually alone unless I had already gone out with friends. Okay. Which, again, I guess made it a little bit easier because then you didn't have to worry when you got home and were looking at the photos and saying, okay, I've got to paint that person out of it because I don't necessarily want a person in my painting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's pretty quiet. We don't have to worry about that too much here. No. So now, the dogs, when you were... Because it sounded from what you were saying before we went to the break, it sounded like you were saying at times that you were actually going out on trees sort of over the lake to get better angles. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's just over-sweeping trees over the lake okay. and test them out, make sure they're sturdy. And yeah. how, did, how did your dogs react when you started doing stuff like that? Oh, they were having a fun time. <laughs> they were having fun either going in the water themselves or just sniffing around. They didn't seem to be too worried about the fact that mom was up on this tree that looked like it could cave in at any time. Uh, no, no, and I definitely didn't venture out on anything I thought might have that happen. Yeah. You have to keep it pretty careful out there. Yeah. So the works that are in scattered views, are they most of the paintings that you've done from your um, shots of the different lakes around Mackenzie? Um, pardon me? Sorry. Well, sorry, the paintings that are in scattered views, do they represent most of the images that you've got from the lakes around Mackenzie, or do you still have a fair number in reserve for a second show, possibly? Oh, I have a fair bit <laughs> still in reserve. Um, there's one particular view on Morphe that I have a number of photos I've taken, and I've I've started looking... Well, I haven't started looking at them again, but I'm certainly giving them consideration of... Um, probably doing other paintings from that particular view. And it's simply because you just get so many different lighting opportunities, atmospheric opportunities, and uh, it just varies it up so much. Now, is this the first solo show that you've had? I had a solo show in Mackenzie at the Little Art Gallery here in town back in 1999. Wow. And then 2004, I had a joint show with Leanna Carlson. She's a mm-hmm. potter in Prince George. Yeah. And then after that, I pretty much just focused on my career in forestry and made <laughs> jewelry on the side, and that was it. So what was it like getting back into the studio and doing the setup and everything? Did it kind of 
did did it feel good to get back in and start setting the stuff up and going, yeah, that one goes there, etc.? At Studio 2880? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I really quite enjoyed that. That was good fun. Yeah. Now, did did you do the whole thing yourself, or did you have somebody from Studio 2880 working with you so that you could sort of be the boss at times? Oh, um, Christina Watts and I worked mm, together right. um, to put up the show, and when I mentioned it going in chronological order and being set up in a scattered fashion, we were both on the same page, so it made it go by quite nicely. Yeah. So now, a question I always like to ask artists, whether musical or artistic, shall we say, in paintings and stuff like that, how do you know when the work is done? Um, knowing that if I push it any further, I'm just going to get bogged down. Mm-hmm. Um, there just comes a point where the painting says, yeah, there's nothing more to do here. It'll just end up tightening up and, and uh, losing the feel of the place. So yeah. that was usually the indicator for me. Was that something you had to learn from pre- from experiences maybe where you did add that one extra line and kind of went, no, that blew it. Yeah, you do. I, I, I do have learned that over time where um, just knowing when to stop. Yeah. It's still a work in progress, I'd say, though. Yeah. It, it's tough to walk away, isn't it, at times? Yeah, it's like, oh, that could be better, that could be better, but or it could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, as long as I'm getting the sense of space and the feel of the place, mm-hmm. then I can accept it when I determine it's done. Like, there's nothing more that can add to this painting at this time. So when you've done, when when the painting is telling you I'm done, do you then make sure and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to sign it and then I'm going to put it away and I'm not going to look at it until I need to put it on exhibit. I kind of stuck around a bit, yeah, just in case. But that was usually just one day while mm-hmm. there was still paint on the palette. Okay, and just in case. at that point, when the palette gets scraped and that signature's on it, it's like, no, I'm walking away. Yeah. And yeah, it gets hung up on a wall, and there it stays. Yeah, and are there are there times where you come back to a painting that you've done that with, and you look at it? And you're still just somewhere in the back of your mind. There's that little niggling thought. It could use a little something right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, but yep. at that point, because you don't have the paint on the palette or anything, it's very easy to say, "Go away, niggling voice." <laughs> Pretty much. And then there's some. There, there was one particular painting. It's just a small one. It didn't make. It, it was intended to go into the show, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't make certain things work, especially mm. within the time frame. So it was like, no, you didn't make the cut. And oh. it, it's still there. It will get completed, but it just couldn't be achieved um, within the time frame that I had. So when you explained to this little painting that it wasn't going to be in the show, how did it take it? Did it break down in tears or? Oh, no. Okay. No, no. It took it. No. Took it took it time. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's a rather, um, it's, it, it's a, I, don't, I, I can't think of the word, but it's just kind of like, yeah, no, you're not working. Mm-hmm. Out you go, on to the next one. Okay. So now, how no. long is the show, how long is Scattered Views going to be up over at Studio 28A? Uh, it will be showing until January 4th. Oh. I suspect there will be some 
downtime there with the holiday season, so I'm not sure mm-hmm. what those hours are going to be, but it's pretty nice to have it open during the month of December. Yes. Yeah, especially since I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll have they'll have some other art sales and stuff like that going on at the same time. So people will mm-hmm. be in there and they can take a look at your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have um, some Saturday pop-up pop artisan yeah, markets right. happening for the next few weeks okay. at Studio 2880. Yeah. Okay, Micheline Spively. Scattered Views over at Studio 2880. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about your work. And thank you very much. Okay. I much greatly appreciate it. Okay, take another quick break and be back with more after 9. The Spruce Capital Senior Center is busy with activities each week. Take part in Tai Chi on Mondays, Canast on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Yoga on Tuesdays, and Bingo each Wednesday. There's also monthly tournaments for cribbage and pool, plus reflexology by appointment and quality time wellness. The center is also home to other groups hosting activities, support group meetings, and by appointment consultations. Stop by the center for more information. The Spruce Capital Senior Center, across from Rainbow Park at the corner of Rainbow and Liard Drives. This year's annual ECRA Christmas dinners are set for December 9th and 10th at the Elder Citizens Recreation Center. The cost is just $25 per person with tickets available at ECRA. The evening will also include a 50-50 draw. The dinners always sell out early, so don't delay. The annual Elder Citizens Recreation Association Christmas dinners, Saturday, December 9th, and Sunday, December 10th, at the ECRA on 10th Avenue between Vancouver and Winnipeg Streets. Canadian Screen Award winner, Polaris Music Prize nominee, and best-selling book author Vivek Shreya will be at Two Rivers Gallery this evening as part of Inspiring Women Among Us. Inclusive queer crafting will take place before and after the event. Presented in conjunction with Books and Company, CNC, the City of Prince George, and UNBC, Vivek Shreya, this evening from 6.30 to 8.30. Doors open at 6 at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. Forecast from Environment Canada, cloudy today with a 60% chance of light snow this afternoon. Wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 2. Tonight, cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries, a fog patches developing overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light early this evening, a low of minus 4. Cloudy on Wednesday, a 30% chance of flurries in the morning. Wind up to 15K, a high of 2 with a morning wind chill to minus 9. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And I guess you could say they're back. This past weekend, Operation Red Nose took to the streets of Prince George. Ken Pendergast, one of the organizers of it. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. How are you this morning? Not too bad. yourself, sir? Very good. Thank you. Very good. Good. You've recovered from the opening weekend. I'm sorry? You've recovered from the opening weekend. Yes. Now, for people who may not know, could you go over what Operation Red Nose is all about? Well, Operation Red Nose in Prince George is a community program that is uh, sponsored by the Nechako Rotary Club. And uh, what it does is during the festive season, every year we provide safe rides home to all of the uh, partiers within the Prince George area by uh, providing a safe ride team, which is comprised of an escort driver, a driver for the client car, and the navigator. And so we go to the location wherever the client is at, uh, having a Christmas party or whatever the function is at. And uh, so we take them and their car and their guests 
as long as we got enough seat belts, mm. and we will pick them up and, and uh, we escort them home in their vehicle. And that is the key, isn't it? They have to have a vehicle to take Operation Red Nose. Yes, yes. They, they must have a vehicle. If they do not have a vehicle, we are not providing the rides. We are encouraging them to use other facilities mm. such as the local taxis. Yeah, because I know I have volunteered for Operation Red Nose, as you probably know and dread, uh, a few times in the past. And every year, you get calls, don't you, from people who don't realize you need to have a vehicle. That's correct. We do get calls from people that are just looking for a, uh, a ride. And, of course, our program is operated on a donation basis. There is no specific fees. And so some people contact us uh, thinking that we, we are just providing a service similar to a taxi company, which we are not. No. Now, how busy was the opening weekend? I know a lot of times it's not really busy. It's kind of a nice break-in, if you will, for the crew again. Well, that's that's true, Alan. And, and last weekend, I think, was a good example. We operated on Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, we had six teams on the road both evenings. Friday night, we only uh, provided 11 rides. Oof. We had a bit of a misfunction, and the phone system shut down on us automatically at 12 o'clock, and it <laughs> took a while to, uh, to get it back online again. Uh, Saturday night was a bit better. We did 27 rides. Uh, everything went very, very smoothly. Unfortunately, we did have a couple of people that uh, did not have the appropriate insurance for their vehicles. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's critical because, of course, uh, number one, it's got to be a, uh, a, a vehicle that is licensed in British Columbia because yeah. the insurance is provided by ICBC. And uh, secondly, now without, uh, you know, the fact that we're not using decals on our license plates, uh, by law, we have to see a paper copy, a mm-hmm. hard copy of the insurance document. And we had a couple of situations this weekend where, uh, in one situation, the, the vehicle, uh, the insurance had expired and the, and the owners did not know it. And in the other, they could not produce a paper copy. And unfortunately, we cannot drive uh, the vehicle unless we can be uh, assured that the vehicle is properly insured. So now, is that something where um, your phone operators may start mentioning that as well when they're on the phone with the client to just ask them to make sure they've got the insurance papers ready to go when your team gets there? Yes, that is one of the things that our telephone people are doing when they're Good. when they're talking to the client on the phone and they're advising them that we must see a, a paper copy, the same as the RCMP would require. Yeah. And now I, I, that quickly brings up one other point that I remember is um, the other thing that I know we always used to tell people was do not get in the vehicle and start it yourself. Wait until we get there. Because if you started the vehicle, you're technically in control if the RCMP or somebody shows up. That is that is correct. Uh, technically, if they, if they uh, get in the vehicle and start the vehicle, then they are in do care and control of the vehicle, and they could be subjected to a um, uh, local enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're absolutely correct. The good news is that a lot of people nowadays have got uh, remote starters, yes. and so they utilize those so that the vehicle is, 
is uh, somewhat warmer when we get there. But the, the weather right now has been absolutely great, and, and we have not had any problems that way at all. So now you were saying it's run by donation. Where do the funds go from the local Operation Red Nose? We obviously have some operating costs, Alan, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, we have to provide some fuel for uh, volunteers' cars, and, and of course the the uh, rental cars that are provided to us, we have to uh, make sure that they're fueled up. So we do get some assistance uh, through sponsorships for fuel, but we do have to spend some money on those kinds of things. But the basic answer to your question is that every red cent that we uh, receive as part of the Operation Red Nose program, other than the minor expenses that I mentioned, all of that funds goes back into the community uh, to fund both youth and amateur sports programs. Okay. And so now, how does how does that work? Like, do the do groups have to sort of put in applications for the funding, or do you guys have sort of a set list of groups that you look at? No. Basically, what we have to do is we have to receive an application from the various mm-hmm. uh, youth programs, sports programs requesting donations, and as an example, recently you may have seen when we provided a check for $4,500 to the Prince George yeah. Bruce Kings for helmets for all of the players. Okay, yeah. Now, um, I know in the past, and I don't know if you guys are still doing this, but you would have some of the different sports organizations would come out and volunteer, and those volunteer hours would sort of be counted towards a possible donation. Is that still going? Absolutely, yes. Okay. We, um, we in- encourage uh, different groups to come out and, and volunteer with us to uh, to help our, our program in terms of volunteerism. And what we do is we ask them to put in a minimum of 25-person uh, uh, nights mm-hmm. of uh, driving with us, uh, you know, preferably as teams so that they are operating amongst themselves as as, uh, uh, as teams. And uh, if they put in that 25-person nights uh, volunteerism for our program, then what we do is we take 50% of the funds that we receive immediately and we divide that up amongst the sports groups and uh, we, we give that out as a, a donation to that particular those particular groups. Okay. Uh, the, the remaining funds basically are also allocated out but they go through the process of the applications as well. Okay, Ken, we need to take a quick break. When we come back we'll talk some more about Operation Red Nose after 9. The Prince George RCMP have a few reminders for all motorists as we start the winter driving season. Ensure you have good winter-rated tires on your vehicle. Increase the distance between you and the car ahead for safe stopping distances. Clear all your windows of snow and ice before you head out. Make sure your car sensors and cameras are clear of slush and mud. Slow down and drive to the current conditions. And leave a little earlier than usual so you don't have to rush. Visit the RCMP Safety Winter and Shift Into Winter pages online for more winter driving information. Canadian Tire thanks all their families, friends, and neighbors for supporting local businesses in 2023. Your continued patronage allows us to support this great community of ours. Canadian Tire is extremely proud of their staff who have worked hard every day and continue to ensure that our Canadian Tire is one of the best in the country. 
The Kanani entire family wishes for health, happiness, and peace for all. Thank you for keeping Prince George strong. Kick off the holiday season and support your friends, families, and communities in the North with the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation's 30th Annual Festival of Trees. Take in events such as the MediChair Seniors Brunch, Scotiabank Seniors Tea, and Canadian Tire Fashion Show, to name a few, and tour the trees from Wednesday through Sunday at the Prince George Civic Centre. For details or to purchase tickets, visit spiritofthenorth.ca or call the Foundation office at 250-565-2515. It seems like just yesterday, you bought your forever home, you raised your family, you created memories. Time passes swiftly, the stairs now very much a burden. The experts at MediChair North BC are here to help you live life without limits. Talk to us today about modification options to stay in your forever home. MediChair North BC, your neighbors in care. Visit us today in Prince George or Cornell or online at mednorthbc.com. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Ken, obviously Operation Red Nose, run by volunteers, runs with volunteers each night. How are you doing for volunteers? Like, I know you always need more. We always need more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I said, last weekend we operated and uh, we had six teams on Friday night and Saturday night. That basically was the limit of what we could put together based on the volunteers, and we've had a, we've had quite a number of people uh, putting in the the volunteer papers and, and getting the criminal record checks or the police information checks. But in terms of availability, we could only muster six teams Friday and six teams Saturday, and so. Uh, as you identify, we are always looking for more volunteers. Uh, the, the good news is that a lot of the people that, that do volunteer for us, they come out uh, a number of different nights. And, and so, you know, over the, over the course of the nine nights of operation, we require like 250 volunteers. Wow. Now, how, how do people volunteer? Well, they, they have to contact uh, Gwen online if they've got a computer. Uh, they go in online to uh, PG, uh, oh, pardon me, ORNPG, which mm-hmm. is Operation Red Nose Prince George, yeah. uh, <clears throat> .org. And uh, there's, a, they, there's a volunteer form on that website. They fill out the website, which requires their name, their birth date, their driver's license number. Mm-hmm. If they have volunteered previously, it's all in the records, and all they require is uh, putting in their driver's license and their date of birth, and all of the information becomes uh, filled in for them. Uh, they complete that form. They identify the nights that they would like to volunteer. They print that document. They uh, sign it. They take the police information check part of it, and... Uh, they take that down to the RCMP office for a criminal record check. Uh, and the other piece of the document, the volunteer part, they drop off uh, that, uh, let's see, I'm guessing now, I, I think it's 1613 4th uh, Avenue. Okay. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> I didn't write that part down, but okay, uh, no we've got a we've got a shop downtown that uh, that they can drop the 
the volunteer part of the application office. And I'm guessing that address, though, is probably on the website. It is. Okay. And now... I know, um, from, again, as I say, speaking from experience, the RCMP usually sort of expedite, if you will, the criminal record checks for Operation Red Nose, do they not? They do, and okay. we've been receiving excellent uh, mm-hmm. partnership with the RCMP. They're trying as best they can to do the criminal record checks overnight. Okay, perfect. So on a, on a daily basis, we pop into the... RCMP detachment, and they give us the ones that, uh, that they've processed uh, to date. Okay. Now, what are the dates for Operation Red Nose still coming up? Well, we're going to be, uh, we worked last weekend. We're on the road again uh, the 1st and 2nd of December, mm-hmm. uh, the 8th and 9th of December, yeah. the 15th and 16th of December. Right. And then... And then uh, New Year's Eve, uh, December 31st. And December 31st, that's always the night where you need anybody who can volunteer. That's the night you need them the most, right? Well, that's correct. That's one of the, one of the most difficult nights we have mm-hmm. in terms of finding sufficient volunteers. And, and as you identify with the party revelers, uh, it's one that we require most teams if possible. And the, the good news with the... December 31st is that the phones went to operation at 9 o'clock at night, and uh, they don't shut off until 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so we have used up to 34, 35 teams wow. on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Now, that's on New Year's Eve. I think most nights the phones shut off at 3 o'clock, though, correct? That's correct. On the normal, weekends, yeah. Uh, normal nights of the New Year's Eve, it's, it's 9 o'clock in the evening until 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. One last question, Ken. What's the phone number people need to know to call for Operation Red Nose? It is 250-962-7433. Wait a minute. Yeah, 962 ride is what it is on the, if you've got the old phone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, Pen- Ken Pendergast from Operation Red Nose, thanks very much for bringing us up to date. And I figure I'll probably see you for at least one night. I'm going to be volunteering again. Well, we look forward to having you out as well, Alan. Okay, thanks very much, Ken. Thank you. You um, take care. Now. You too. Bye. Well, we've got a couple of minutes, and Reg, we've got something we are starting up in the new year at the station. Yeah, actually, we've teamed up with uh, Chet TV in uh, Chetwind. They're a community television up there, and they do a, uh, a bingo. They do Tuesday e- uh, night bingos um, on their television, but it's also on their YouTube channel. Okay. So they're looking to expand the sales of their bingo tickets to increase the number of right. funds that they raise. So they contacted us and wanted to know if we'd sell some bingo cards for them. Wow. So we're going to be doing that. The first bingo of the new year will be January the 30th. So we'll have, we're going to be trained up on selling these cards <laughs> midway through January and we'll be able to sell them. Uh, for the last couple of weeks of January for the first game and then weekly uh, through the rest of the year. Wow, okay. Yeah. Now, I probably shouldn't mention this because it's probably going to mean more work for me, but many years ago, I was a bingo card seller back in High Prairie, Alberta. Okay. But uh, they mainly gave me the job because they figured I was the best with math and I could figure out very quickly if somebody's buying this many nine-card sets and this many threes, how much is it going to cost? 
Right. Some of their other people would be kind of going, okay, that's three plus three plus... I could just get the numbers, so... Okay. Hopefully this isn't going to be quite as difficult. Well, uh, all I know is uh, the cards are $5 each now. Okay. I don't know if there's combinations, yeah. but uh, that's all I've been told so far. Okay. And then it'll just be a question then of on the date of just uh, tuning in to the YouTube probably because I don't yeah. think too many people yeah, here you're not get Chet get TV. Chet, uh, Chet TV here, but no. uh, yeah, the YouTube channel, you, you dial it in. And uh, and the great thing about a YouTube channel is if you aren't able to watch it live, you can always catch it okay. later in the evening. So Right. Right? So you don't, so you don't have to I'm guessing then you don't have to say bingo as soon as you get a bingo. You can you can wait. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know the particulars no. of how the game works, but we, we've got uh, a couple of months to figure that all. Yeah, out. yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get it all figured out, and they'll have a. They're actually going to send us a little promo that we will be running. So, okay, good. Um, yeah, but simple. Uh, I, I think it's very much like a lot of. Um, gaming events where you buy your ticket or in yeah. this case your card and you either win or you don't so yes. it's just a matter of waiting for yeah. that bingo game to be finished to know yeah. uh, I can, who I the can tell you is, what right? I can tell you what usually happens to me when it comes to winning or losing mm-hmm. yes yeah so that's uh yeah uh, TV bingo starting next or sorry not next month no. but early next year yeah and it's uh class A independent bingo license Number 146929, Know Your Limit, Play Within. Yes. And, of course, stay tuned to our station for more information about when and how we'll be getting the cards available for you. That'll about do it for today's show. Again, I'd like to thank Robin Norman from Nove Voce, artist Micheline Spively, and Ken Pendergast from Operation Red Nose, uh, Kylie and Darren in tomorrow, After 9. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Darren Guess, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 10. And for past shows, check out the archives link at cfisfm.com. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM in Prince George. Proudly supported by local professionals like Realtor Tab Baker. Call 250-613-1755.